0: Welcome to the Storytelling Lab, where we break down how to get to the heart of your story and the hearts of your audience to leave the greatest impact possible. And now, here's your host, a filmmaker and competitive storyteller, Rain Bennett.
1: What's up, my beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of the Storytelling Lab. This podcast is brought to you by Six Second Stories. My name is Rain Bennett. I will be your host, and today we're going to talk about graphics, something that I have very little, not a lot of knowledge about. But, over the years, 10, 12, going on 15 years of documentary filmmaking, I've had to become more well-versed in graphics and how to use them. So today we're going to talk about a little, uh, a few of the ways that we can utilize them in our storytelling. This element has gotten gotten hugely popular in the past 10 years. Before that, you know... Go into school, you know, graduating in a film school or communications school, and then going to work in the field of motion graphics was was very a very like small niche, right? You know, certain certain companies would do it, but it wasn't as popular as it was when I graduated. I graduated college in about two thousand five, and I remember having people come from like you know working in LA. Now, what's funny? Side note is I know that they were probably just like, you know, some 27-year-old struggling to make ends meet. But they would come back and do these little lectures at uh, at our at our uh, classes at, at NC State and North Carolina State University. Um, And one guy in particular was talking about doing motion graphics for, for a big company. And I didn't even know that was like a career option. Now, it's huge. I mean, with the Adobe package, obviously After Effects, but there's a lot of other... Software that that people use graphics have been around forever in terms of still graphics but um, using them in video doesn't have to be motion graphics per se but it can be that is the field that has been growing so dynamically over the past 10 years or so uh, because it's such a rich vital element to our filmmaking or to our storytelling now. So we're going to talk about a few of the different ways that we can use that and how we can tell better stories through using graphics. We've talked about video or visuals, which are should be obvious and, and kind of, you know, a very, very big, big element that's going to be in a part of a lot of stories. We've talked about um audio and the different al- ways that we can use that in terms of using it in our visual storytelling but also creating new kinds of storytelling by using different audio forms or formats and today we're going to talk about little little bits of media that we can put in there and put in our stories that, help keep our audience engaged in listening to our stories, right? So probably the oldest one is text, when we superimpose text. One that is super simple to break it down for those that are unsure of what exactly we mean. We can just take the chroma keyed and graphic that you see in news packages, right? So like when I say, um, if I'm a news anchor and I'm like, you know, Whatever. Tonight, you know, there's a, a, you know, house burning down in, in Durham and we see the uh, we talked about this in the B-roll example a few episodes back. And you see just a graphic of a fire truck like that's what we're talking about, you know, or you see like, oh, suspects on the loose. He, uh, he's he got a big beard and a bald head and and uh, he looks like Rain Bennett. Uh, then you might see, you know. A picture of uh, of that person, or a sketch, or something like that. That that's kind of what we talk about when we superimpose graphics, or just have a flame going, a cartoon flame going in the background. One of the most uh, common or oldest forms of this is is simply text, right? I mean, that started in the beginning of filmmaking when we had uh, when we had silent films, right? You would have the actors acting out whatever scene was happening, but then you would have the text of their dialogue going on at the bottom. And so that technique was used and is still used uh, in films, in videos that we do for our, um, for our companies or organizations. You know, probably one that everybody's familiar with going back to the news example is what's called the lower third, which is at the bottom of the screen. And it might just say, you know, Rain Bennett's documentary filmmaker and storyteller or something like that. For me, uh, just as a little tip, I like to, like, if you're watching the video of this and I'm on the side of the frame, uh, let's just say the right side of the frame, then on, uh, I like the graphic to go on the left side so it balances it out a little bit. I don't want to see me on the left side of the frame and then the the graphic on the same side because then it's like it's, it's obstructing part of uh part of me or the the subject will say it's not all about me right uh but it also leaves it way balanced like the two visual elements that we have in our video the image of the person and now the graphic are both on the same side that feels way unbalanced to me balance is really important so i always like it to go to the other side uh if if, if the frame is symmetrical then Hey, you can put it anywhere you want to. It doesn't even have to be on the lower side. It can be upper, but but typical, it's a, it's called a lower third, meaning the lower third of your frame. But also, we can super text. I mean, we see that with opening credits. We see that with the main title. Like, there's several times the end credits, people's names come up. Um, you know, the area of where we are are like, you know... <laughs> Quantico 8:30 a.m. you know you'll see, you'll see these kinds of things. So that that kind of text text is a graphic. that's a tool that we've seen for a long, long time. And sometimes, especially from a documentary filmmaking background, that's a really good way to cover a passage of time or to like without going too deeply into a, a story or taking the narrative off track too much, to get us from one scene to the next. You know, we've all seen that. It's just your, your, your little title card, your black screen with white text that said, you know, whatever. Rain went to the grocery store at 1 PM, came back in with six bags of groceries. And then you cut to me unloading the groceries or whatever. Probably a terror, terrible example, but you get what I'm saying. Like, uh, you know, a popular one is ABC company declined to comment, right? That conveys a lot of stuff with just a little bit of text. When you have a documentary and you have the you know big bad corporation that declines to comment or whatever, um, but a lot of times you can you know a great example of that is also at the at the end of movies sometimes where they give you what happened to that character, that person. You know, Rain Bennett went on to win you know, multiple Oscars and have lots of babies and lived all over the world and owned a a, a lighthouse and uh then sailed around the world for the rest of his life. Or Rainbow went to jail and uh and died in there. That would be the other one. That that one's not gonna happen. That's a terrible, terrible story. Um so that's an easy way to use you know text. Subtitles is obviously an old one that's been there for a while. This one has become more and more popular Number one, because we're we're all becoming more understanding in terms of people with disabilities or people that things are more challenging for. So I was at a, a, a fellowship, a conference not too long ago, and there was a um, a deaf woman there, and so we had interpreters, American Sign Language interpreters at the um, at the event. But this woman was so awesome. And she did such a great job of directly and indirectly letting us know what her life was like and how we can make things easier. And she said very, very clearly, she was like, please continue to put subtitles on your videos because it's hard when a video is playing for my transcriber or my uh, interpreter, rather, to try to keep up with it and tell me. And for me to watch and watch them, I can't do it, right? So that opened our eyes a little bit more. Um, and I think that that's happening as a culture, I think we're starting to realize. But, you know, I think the main reason it's, it's happening, I mean, some of the reason is because of that, and maybe I hope that more of it is because we're starting to understand how to be more inclusive, but I think the main reason is because people are watching a lot of video without sound playing, right? You're at work, you're kind of scrolling through, and you see that. So, subtitles, that's why Facebook and YouTube and all these other programs now have... Uh, AI helping us auto-generate subtitles, so it's becoming really easy. And there's a lot of transcription services now that are super cheap, and you can create what's called an SRT file, and that's a subtitle file. And then you can uh, embed that into into your your video, and it plays as a separate thing, but plays right along with it. And usually, you can choose somewhere to click close caption or not. But I highly recommend that, especially if you're using social media. When you use the 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 artificial intelligence generated ones, you do have there is you know a little bit of extra work that you have to do. It's not perfect yet. It'll get better. It's getting better, um, but uh, you have to go through and do a pass yourself for sure. And sometimes it takes some time, but I find that is is hev- heavily worth it. I don't know if that makes sense. Highly worth it, um, because I know lots of people that watch my videos uh, and especially if it's like a little check-in or something like that, or I'm telling a quick story or whatever, they can watch it on their phones. Uh, and They're listening to music. They're listening to a podcast, whatever, and they can still kind of see that and get the messaging across, right? So subtitles are super important. That's an old school version of using text or using graphics, but it's becoming more and more popular now. So I definitely, definitely encourage you guys to use that in your strategies. Learn how to do it. It takes a little bit of time, but it is well worth it to to reach all your audience. Okay, Facebook Lives, all sorts of stuff like that. You can you can you have the ability to use uh, subtitles with. So speaking of watching videos on social media or on our phones without the audio, which I'm so gra- glad they have that option now. So you can hit if you want the audio, you tap it instead of it automatically playing. That's frustrating. Uh, there's a tactic that we're starting to see now that I've actually used, and I know that you guys have seen it. I'm not sure what they call it, but I'm, uh, we've all seen it, whether it's uh, trailers or, or little videos uh, on social media. They're telling stories or little micro documentaries with just images and just text. And this is a really cool way that I, I like to, uh, to tell stories. And I've done this before, and most of them might have an audio track, like just some music behind them, or even have the person talking, but they don't rely on that. They go ahead and assume that people will probably be watching that without audio, so you miss nothing. You can watch and and get the whole story just with the text and graphics. And I've used this when we were promoting uh, Raise Up, our social media campaigns, and just announcing when the movie was coming out. This is some of our most successful uh, videos on Instagram and Facebook where we would tell the stories of certain characters in our film and we would just have pictures of them. Uh, maybe it was 10 slides. That's all it was for a 60-second Instagram video. Uh, pictures or video, but but for the most part, 10 slides and, and each would have text, which would be a little bit of motion to the text just to draw your eye. It would be moving and one, one or two word, keywords would be highlighted in a color. You'll see that tactic used as well. Um, and I'll send, I'll put the links to, to these in the, in the show notes. Uh, but we did one for my friend Tatted Strength, who is, uh, had a a hell of a story. You know, he was in prison for over 10 years off and on and completely changed his life through calisthenics. And so we told that story, you know, uh, we told very simply in 10, 10, little segments. This is who Chris was. This is what happened because of that. This is when he decided to change. And all of these have a picture of, of him. Um, then he found calisthenics. That led to this, that led to that. Now he's a motivational speaker working on his first book, and he's featured in the amazing documentary Raise Up the World is Our Gem. Boom, last graphic was our logo and our website. And that's it. It was just graphics, right? The text there was a character, it was moving, and in just a few words each slide, because you don't have a lot of a lot of space. It conveyed the next piece of the story and kept them them going. So we've seen this. A lot lot of people use these in in Facebook or Instagram for these motivational stories where it's just like, Erica found this dog on the side of the road in Peru. (laughs) And like, now they're best friends, you know, and they tell the story that way. And it's just like a picture of her and the dog with some Peruvian mountains in the background and that text. I love that little style. It's super popular on social media right now, but there's, there's a reason for that, and I think it's a really simple way to tell stories that you don't have to have a lot of skill or money or staff to do. Yeah, pretty, pretty easy to achieve those. Next, another form of graphics is another classic one that has seen this revamped energy behind it is animation. Animation. It's cartoons, you know, moving moving images, um, that are drawn typically. And back in the day, we had it like the flip book, and now everything's done on the computer, and it's much easier. And this is something that can add up; it can be very expensive. I've done medical uh, documentaries, and we have you know tw- twenty five, three thousand, twenty five hundred bucks, three thousand dollars gets you like. I don't know, a few seconds of really cool medical animation, right? It adds up quickly. That's 3D animation with movement, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but that's not the only way that we can do that. I am working on a film right now called Finding Croatoan. It's about the lost colony, America's oldest mystery, as they call it. Um and we did a video, I'll put this in the show notes too, a history video. There's a lot of history behind this. Growing up in North Carolina, we all took this story for granted because we were all taught this story. Most of the people around the country, around the world don't know it. So we had to tell a story that happened over four or five years um, to establish like what the Lost Colony was in 60 seconds. And so we did that by making these little like very you know, crudely cut out, intentionally cheesy and campy uh, animations. So it would be like, You know, a historic map looking kind of that yellow, faded yellow map style background. And then it'd be like England over here and America over here. And we just had, uh, we'd have like the cutout of some image of John White or Sir Walter Raleigh. And like just a little triangle cut out of like a ship and it was going across the screen like boop, 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 boop. You know, like intentionally cheesy to be funny, to be engaging because we were telling people a history lesson. I love history. I'm literally a nerd. I have history books. My girlfriend picks on me all all the time. But that is one of the most boring things. You really have to be engaged. And so if you're listening to it, especially in this generation of social media and fast-acting storytelling and and, and visuals and all the the apps that we have, you got to grab them quickly. If I'm like in 1586, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like the the second voyage went over to the New World from England uh, during the war between the Spanish and English. I'm out, I'm done already, you know, so making it a little funny, picking on it, we use sound effects uh, of a baby crying when the baby was born, and people at war, but the animation was the coolest part about it, and now we're using that tactic, that tool for the whole film, the feature film, it's not going to be as cheesy and campy, but it's going to be very simple, like paper cutouts uh, that, that move along and kind of help our story it gives a new element a new visual element which people like and it's a way for us to tell stories when we have very limited pictures thankfully john white was an artist so he drew a lot of pictures but we don't really have much of him or any of him really uh and there's a lot of other stuff that we don't have when we're trying to tell this story we're telling the current story which is about a group of archaeologists trying to find the lost colony so we have all that footage now but when we're telling the historical narrative we don't have a lot of devices or a lot of media to use so we're creating our own media through animation huge help and it can be like you've heard me say before its own character right it has to have its own vibe its own feel it needs to fit into the fabric of of the overall narrative but it also can be its own thing and not just a a a gap filler right it needs to have its purpose everything we do needs to have a reason behind it why did you choose that style of animation well because we think it fits you know why did you choose for it to be cheesy or campy if you did that right think about everything that you use but animation it doesn't have to be you know tom and jerry cartoons or mickey mouse or you know pixar you know or any or any like really cool animation you've seen if you've got the budget for that and you can hire somebody to do that awesome awesome Go for it. That's a whole new world of storytelling because you can kind of create anything. You don't have to just use what images you can actually capture, right? You can really do good fiction stories with that or aid the telling of nonfiction stories. But animation can just be simply moving around a few objects, which is getting easier and easier with the software that we have. I would look into it if I were you guys. It's a really good way to add another element to telling to tell your stories. Lastly, there are visual effects. We've talked about sound effects in previous episodes. Visual effects and animation kind of go hand-in-hand, or there's an overlap at least, a little Venn diagram. Visual effects um, is another layer that you can put onto your video um, that just continues to add to the richness of the experience, right? Right? one example of um this is a video that i did for a group called hip-hop group called cooley high some good friends of mine i'm actually working on uh, with them on a film right now back in 2011 we did a film a music video rather for their song big headed really fun and we didn't have much it was thrown together last minute because we were going to do another song and then somebody couldn't make it so we rented a studio space that's all we had and we we're just like, "All right, we're going to do white wall and just shoot in a studio space and we'll figure some some stuff out to do. We're going to get some balloons and some big money and some girls and just some props and be silly with it." And I was like, "Cool, let's do it. We'll keep it simple, not really a lot of story going on there." But when I started editing it, I was realizing I was like, "Okay, well, this is cool and it's funny, but like everything just has a white background." And whether it's a close-up or a wide shot or there's girls in it or balloons or not, It's getting boring. We need something else, and so I called in my friend Napoleon Wright II, who is also good friends with High, and I've worked with on several different projects. He is a total renaissance man, and I I look up to him uh, as a friend and as an artist. One of the things he does is animation and visual effects like this. He's not an animator in terms of. uh, uh, Actually, is a pretty good artist. I don't know if he's done like full full length animated movies or, or, you know narratives or anything like that but what he did for me in this case just added the perfect amount of something else that we needed and it was just like bubble letters saying some of the words the the keywords that were said in the song and we also had a little fabric uh a little honestly like a little overlay it's called a little layer um on top of the video file that gave it a little more texture um but he would just take words like authentic or North Carolina or whatever and make them in little bubble letters that just kind of popped. It was still some animation and that those kind of bubble letters when we're talking about being big headed and everything was blown up like uh, that just added this this neat little very simple element to a very simple video that we were making. But that was really um that really made the difference because now it's like you've just got something else to see, and it's not just people standing in front of a white background. Because even if it's a great song, even if they're great performers, that can get boring. Coincidentally, six years down the road, maybe, I did another video for Cooley High where we just shot it with a GoPro. That's it. We strapped it on rickshaws and rode around Raleigh. Um, and I went intentionally for this lo fi look, and also because it's a GoPro and it's the same type of image for every shot. I, um, I think it, I thought it needed something else. And so I did another overlay on this and these are super easy. If you use Adobe Premiere; that they'll have them, you can buy the templates on, you know, out there on different websites. And it's literally like a video file that's transparent, but it has, you know, whatever the overlay is on it, it could be the Boca effect, like the lights, when your camera's out of focus, it could be a, blue tint. In this case, it was like scratched film look. So I just laid that over the video and it just gave it this texture where it literally looked like what a scratched record would sound like, if that makes sense. And shooting with the GoPro, like we leaned into the low-fi, low-production aspect of it. Instead of trying to compete with everybody doing you know, they're having their big Ronin stabilizers and shooting with 4k and beautiful footage and, you know, 120 frames per second at, 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 you know, 1080p. We were like, you know what, let's embrace this and let's make it rugged and raw. That's what I wanted to do with it. And so that simple little overlay added just the perfect amount of texture to that simple GoPro footage to make it feel retro, to make it feel rough, rugged and raw. And, and, and to me really gave, uh, Gave the video a whole new feel. Lastly, I want to talk about infographics. Infographics are a tool that we're seeing more and more of. Infographic is like any chart or, you know, pie chart, bar graph, something like that. Any chart or graph that you see like in PowerPoint presentations. And hey, let's pause right there. PowerPoint presentations are definitely a place to tell stories, right? We don't want to do these boring, boring too, too much information crammed into one slide PowerPoints, right? We should take them on a journey. It should lead from the slide one to slide 10, should go in a logical narrative or a logical arc, you know? So that's a good opportunity to, to do that, just since I brought PowerPoints up. But infographics are another great place to use uh, in our story te- storytelling and our social media efforts. So this could be uh, on Instagram, We use that a lot, you know, on Mondays, we do motivational tips, which is just an image and some text. And on Tuesdays, we do storytelling tips, which is just a just a colorful background and text. That's the graphic. But on Fridays, we have something a little more stat driven content that we put out. And it might be like, you know, the average watch time of any video on Facebook is six seconds, which is true, by the way. Um, and so we might have a clock for that or, or, you know, something showing six seconds or something showing Facebook or something showing a phone, just a simple infographic. That's such an easy way for people to digest information, right? They can see that you don't use a lot of words. You, you let the graphic that you use. So if it's a pie chart, you say 95% of people, uh, watch video on, on their phones, then you have the pie chart and you know the little 5% piece and then the big 95% piece. That conveys it right there. Almost everybody. We get that, right? And you can have 95% just to reiterate it. But then you just need simple 95% what? We, we understand. It's almost everybody watches video on their phone. That's it. We don't need to tell that much more. We've already conveyed to them everything we need for them to know. So infographics are now used in videos, in documentaries. It's an easy way to convey information for people because telling them everything is boring, right? This goes back to that age-old advice, show, don't tell, right? That's everything, okay? Don't beat them to death with all this information. Give it to them simply and let them ingest it and understand it for themselves. So infographics are a great way to use the uh, to use graphics as a tool to communicate your message. So, let's think about which ways we can use graphics and they don't have to be complicated. They can be very simple. It just gives them something else to latch onto so that you can use visuals to communicate and convey your message more effectively. My name is Rain Bennett. Thanks for listening and join us next time on the Storytelling Lab.